So you wanna know how to structure your workouts and uh, we're also gonna be answering any questions to do with physio as it is Physio Monday. So we've got Phil in here, our resident physiotherapist and injury expert. And we're gonna be talking about making sure that you don't overwhelm yourself in your training. What's up, everyone? If this is your first time on the Unity Gains train, my name's Yanni Bormeister. Next to me to my left is Phil White, aka Switched On Physio, and across the table is Rad. Behind the mix is Richie. We are Unity Gym and the UMS system. If you want to know how we turn driven people into athletes, download one of our blueprints. You're going to love it. What's up, everyone? Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Rad's Monday. Fi fixing his mic. Yeah, I just realized <laughs> this is a bit loose. Yeah. yeah, we can do that later. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm happy to be back behind the mic. Had a few days uh, working on different projects last week, so happy to be back in the gym with our coffee machine that I've missed dearly. <laughs> uh, ready to go. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, Yanni was doing um, renovations on the gym, and I was unhappy to walk in this morning and realize that the coffee machine wasn't yeah. there, and I went, Stuff there, something in the coffee machine. Brought it back out. I'm going to a new gym. I'm finishing. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. I'm finishing the kitchen. God damn it! You can yeah. Yeah, paint that sucker today. Uh, yeah, man, we had a good weekend. We had our seventh birthday. Unity Gym turned seven on Wednesday last week. So, a couple of us minus Richie went out for dinner on, on the weekend and um, certainly that gave was it a nudge, wasn't it? Oh, it was good Japanese. Yeah, Got too much sake, but yeah, far seven out. Seven years, eh? That's Seven years, yeah. Seven years, man. Seven Jeez, seems years. Like a, seems like longer than that almost now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing yeah. your life. Yeah, All right. right. But yeah, I think starting off with uh, physio stuff on a Monday is good. Get people off in the right sort of headspace starting off. And so, yeah, I think we've we've got a few questions here um, where it's some pretty sort of to start off with at least. There's some, um, you know, a lot going on and we really want to try and like simplify, give the right principles to get stuck in and enjoy your training even if you have got a few sore spots along the way yeah absolutely we had a uh, a banging flash sale over the weekend with lots of people grabbing uh rehab programs and Still um going for 24 hours if you want to get on and get a rehab program yeah there you go and uh you know we were very excited to launch our our new forearm and elbow rehab program and um the thing that we really want to uh make clear today is how to sort of fit it together because you know rad and i um we did a whole week of rehab last week without phil here which was a shame but uh he yeah, was working on a pretty cool timing. project <laughs> yeah um with a good friend of ours but uh the you know the the, the thing is the th one of the big key messages that we drove home last week was that just because you get an injury in a part of your body your shoulder your, your knee your, your hip your your back wherever it doesn't mean your whole body goes into rehab it doesn't mean that you should become exiled from the from the gym uh, but what you do need to do is understand how to fit it together so that it doesn't completely disrupt your regular training schedule because remember there's a lot physiologically that's happening when you're exercising, which is obvious, the obvious physiological adaptations, but there's also a lot going on on a psychological level, a mental level, and a hormonal level that we don't want to disrupt. We want to keep that flow going. We want to keep the momentum going. And one of the big mistakes people make is that they just, uh, they hurt themselves. Uh, hopefully they go and get a diagnosis from a specialist or um, a professional or physiotherapist. And then they sort of go, all right, well, now that I can't do my regular routine, I will, I will do nothing. And yeah. it can be and it's often not like an intentional thing, but it's kind of, they get a bit, you know, scared. And especially when you get sort of 
advice from the health professional that you should like oh stop stop going to the gym because that's a lot of the advice that people do get yeah. and then you just kind of get out of your regular habits and then when habits for um, exercise go downhill then often habits for other sort of positive mental health and positive nutritional sort of <laughs> behaviors as well uh, follow along down that downward spiral and it's just a it's such a common story so yeah it's, i think it's so key and, and if it's such a strong power if you can learn how to like switch your mindset to um you know really just keep like use it as an opportunity to focus on um you know what you can train and, and kicking goals elsewhere because that'll keep you in that positive psychological nutritional um you know hormonal all of those um that sort of upward spiral which you a get from absolutely. a good exercise um routine Absolutely. <clears throat> now, the the main question that we um, are going to answer and talk about in, in relation to physio today is from Michael Marshall, um, which has come through on the UMS uh, Movement Mastermind group. And uh, we'll build a bit of context, and then we'll go around the room and, and, and give Michael a little bit of feedback. Uh, but I think the, the, the big take home, the insight that I want you guys to understand today is that uh, when you're experiencing discomfort, which we're going we're gonna, to um, um, frame up from, from Michael here, uh, he's got some issues in his lower back and hamstrings. The obvious thought, the, the, the notion is if you're feeling stiffness or pain or discomfort that you need to stretch that area. And what you're going to learn today hearing from Rad and Phil and myself is that nine times out of 10, just focusing on stretching is not the be all and end all. Although it might feel like it gives you a little bit of relief um, momentarily when you do it, uh, it's not going to solve the problem. And and we really want to um, we really want to frame this properly and get you guys to understand that most of the time it's a strength related issue. And uh, and you'll let Phil uh, talk. Uh, we'll let Phil talk about that a little bit more. And get, and Rad give you some experience too because he's had major problems with his lower back that he's had to sort sort out. Now I'm going to read this out very quickly because I want to build context and then I'll throw it over to the boys. So Michael said, uh, just joined the group. I'm looking for some guidance. Had an illness um, essentially that had him bedridden for, he says, five years here, which is, um, which is pretty big deal. Anyone who has to lay in bed for a long period of time is going to be able to relate to the stiffness in your lower back that you, you can get. Uh, he says flexibility in his lower back is really, really compromised now. He gets a lot of, um, it, uh, it, it hurts a lot and un under tension. He says, I feel it at the end of the day and upon awakening, uh, I went straight to a back specialist and he said, I've just bruised it and I need to mobilize properly, then build my core muscles. Love that. The old core muscles. The old core. Sa all you savior to, to everything. I'll be honest, I've been lazy and I don't have a proper plan to stick to. My hamstrings are tight as hell and I can't touch my toes. I'm about a foot away from the floor due to the tension and sore lower back. I'm struggling to do any mobilization exercises in case I hurt my back up again. I'd love to be part of a community and then he just talks about how excited he is to have the opportunity to be in here and to get some feedback. So... First and foremost, yeah, I'd love to, like I think the word to think about when you when you hear this is capacity. So I think capacity is just such a um, not it really sort of clarifies in people's heads like you know if you think about what this guy's been doing for five years um, of being mostly bedridden, then his capacity, so how much his body is used to you know, having to deal with, is going to go way down. Yeah. Um, and now he wanting wanting to get into a good exercise uh, habit. <laughs> his capacity is for being bedridden yep. and he's trying to do all this, you know, exciting exercise stuff, then like he will, any amount of exercise is going to be so far beyond what he's used to that he'll exceed his capacity. And that's why you start to get spasm, you get tightness, you get, um, 
that uh, apprehension to movement, like he's sort of saying here, he's scared to even you know sort of move his back, and that yep. that apprehension and um, is just such a clear sign that you're just exceeding what your body's sort of used to. So yep. I think um, if people and that's it, that kind of helps explain so many injuries that we see here when we talk about load management. Yeah. yeah, and I think one thing that's key, what what Phil just said, and I want you guys to really let this sink in. Um, Michael here's got a really solid injury identity, uh, and he's spent. He's you know he's put it down in a in a um, uh, a bit of a uh, a story here, a, a novel, and and frame this five years exactly being, very yeah. much so. Now what he needs to do is reframe the injury identity to a capacity <coughs> identity, and I think that would really help the psychology because if he goes into the gym and says, "Okay, I'm not injured, but I just don't have the capacity I used to have," yeah. and I need to just start from here and start to progressively overload this and and work on it the first thing i'll say before i throw to rad is that um flexibility is is so much to do with the nervous system and and you know the fact that there's the capacity is not there even to bend over and touch the floor in a hamstring stretch um that doesn't necessarily mean that you just need to stretch the hamstrings. You know, the b brain is not allowing you to touch the floor for a reason. You know, it's prevent it's it's restricting that movement because it's not confident there. You need to build stability, and you know this thing, this notion that oh, you just got to strengthen your core. Um, uh, I challenge that because the the core. Where does the core start and stop? Yeah, I think it's you know, like kind like, of semant like semantics issue where like some people will refer to the core as you know the transverse abdominis and the multifidus and the um, you know the the muscles around um, you know just at sort of your abdominal level. But when you think about you know, I think if Rad was to refer to his core, he'd be talking about you know that whole bloody pillar of <laughs> muscles up and down his spine. That's I, you know, I'd even consider glutes and yeah 100 you know, yeah. your lats are core, you know like any, like anything that really covering the spine yeah, yeah. whenever someone says you, you've got to strengthen your core my brain immediately translates that french bullshit to um uh, like it's another language i just say okay you need to strengthen your body yeah. and that's yeah. a, that's what i think everyone should do if someone says to you you need to strengthen your core you go okay i need to strengthen my body and my brain goes okay i need to figure out how to do deadlifts because that, like, you know, I need to, I need to get my body, my strength up to its maximum capacity. Don't stop at your abs or your obliques or your multifidus or your transverse abdominus. Well, Just I, strengthen your whole body. Well, I wasted over ten years trying to compartmentalize my issues, where I would self-analyze myself and say these muscles are weak. I need to strengthen those muscles, and all it does is create more imbalance in your body. Yep. The real and absolutely sucks the joy out of training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's absolutely just horrible, isn't it? Um, and I think the real answer and where the magic has happened for me is that the creation of the UMS where you, you assess yourself, you are training the whole body, you're looking at everything, but if you identify that there's a weakness, then that becomes a priority of your training, which means you can add more volume to that area, but you're still training everything else. Yeah. And I do believe that there's merit in that. You know, like if you want to get better at pull-ups, there's, there's merit in doing more pull-ups in a week than somebody that's already good at pull-ups. Yep. But does it mean that you don't train your legs and you don't train your core and you don't do deadlifts and squats and you don't do shoulder press as well? Like, of course not. Yep. You, you have to do it all. And then this idea again of, oh, I got sore because I went over and did this, I need to stretch. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's not the answer. And more often than not, it's, you don't need to stretch. You need to strengthen first. You need to get strong. I'd always, if somebody was weak and frail and they were saying, what, what should I start with, stretching or strengthening? I'd say strengthening every time. 100%, because um, just I'll, training in a full range of movements is going to be their flexibility that's training. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, 
No, no, you go. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I think people get that really wrong. I think a lot of the time, some of the people that are the most frail, that have the most, the, the biggest requirement for strength training, they're the ones that are all, that are saying, oh, I think I need to do fle- more flexibility yeah, how training. they got there. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's, it's so, that yeah. thought process. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's really well entrenched in people where they you know, do think that uh, stretching their way out of every injury is like the cure-all. And I think that, um, yeah, hopefully that's starting to to sort of flip because when we you know as we've talked about so much of flexibility and um you know being able to access range it's about being your your body being able to control and, and trust that range and the best way to trust that range is really strengthened within your available range so for someone like this um you know you said uh, your first thought is you know i've got to get into deadlifts if someone's having a struggle a real struggle touching their toes and it might mean that um you know they've got to work first within a um you know a range that's Very comfortable with them that's and right. then work up to a full sort of length deadlift but um yeah so i think people can often think like oh you know if i can't do a deadlift then i must only be able to lie on my back and do like transverse abdominus activations yeah. when really there's a whole like progression of exercises and a progression of even the same exercises in different ranges so you could do rack pulls with a deadlift from a, you know 100%. even just yeah. like a, a slight unlocking of your knees and up like even starting <coughs> there is going to build that movement pattern build that strength yeah. and um and yeah. you can start with a broomstick like depending yeah. on what you're and michael may have the capacity to only start with a broomstick and just focus on f- the, the fundamental movement patterns keeping the spine in the right position you know and, and and build from there but the, it's just about yeah that load management and, and when we say start with a broomstick as well i think a, a lot of people misunderstand that to mean i'm going to be training with a broomstick for months start with a broomstick would mean you do your first session with a broomstick and if you yeah. uh, if you respond well to it then you add a couple of I'm, kilos i'm really glad you said that because it's it is another issue i think with like physios particularly get really scared of putting any amount of weight yeah um on a bar or, or loading an exercise and it's so clear with like scientific understanding of like to build strength you need to like progressively, progressively overload, overload and right. yeah i think yeah. F- like physios especially are just so scared of actually mm-hmm. loading up that yeah. you never get stronger so you, then you don't see a good response to like mm-hmm. strengthening exercises and then people think oh it's you know clearly strengthening exercises done nothing when really yeah. they've just been you know not yeah. confident and, enough and, to, to push and it. for people like us it's such a simple such a simple process but there's so much misinformation out there that for the layman, it's a really complicated um, situation where they just don't understand what it is that I should do because some people are saying I shouldn't do any of this and some people are saying I should lift with a broomstick and then someone else is saying you need to be doing deadlifts. But it, it just comes back to what you said, which we just try and hammer home all the time. It's just load management. So if you are this person that needs to start with a broomstick, if you do that and you respond well to it and you don't feel worse and you even feel a little bit better, then you add a couple of kilos and add a couple of kilos and add a couple of kilos every workout. And before you know it, you'll be doing you know, a barbell and then before you know it, you'll be doing 30, 40 kilos. And We've just we've seen this process over and over and over again where people come into the gym with a busted up lower back and they're talking about their MRIs with herniated discs and whatever it is. But again, I think just on that, like it's often not their back that's busted up, it's their brain that's busted yeah. up. They think that yeah. they can't yeah. do anything, so they're so scared to move that then they yeah, can't even touch exactly their toes. So right. yeah. like, but yeah. these people that come in and you show them a deadlift and they go, Oh no, 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 I can't deadlift it. It's a really bad movement for me. I always hurt myself. And then you go through that process that we just described there. And I mean, um, one of our most recent members um, who does, who's only been with us for six months and out of those six months, three of the months were in lockdown. And when he came, his back was so bad. And he says now he's deadlifting 60 kilos, which is probably 80% of his body weight. And he says, my back's never felt better. And all it was is because I just progressively overloaded him with a deadlift. It was that simple. You yeah. know? 
Yeah, love it. So for Michael, um, someone like that, uh, you know, at this stage where, you know, struggling your toes is like, sorry, struggling to touch your toes, um, basically you want to like really strengthen in your available range. Yeah. Yep. So yep. that's. So let's, okay, let's, so let's get really practical. As well. it, it, a bent over row for somebody that's really deconditioned it, it is also oh, a massive can back exercise. A yeah. Very. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it can be something that can really overload the lower back, which yeah. is why in the UMS we start with a single arm bent over row. Yeah, basically and the, an isometric good morning, which yeah. is yep. no joke. Yeah, that's and, exactly and the, right. And the whole reason why you start with a single arm bent over row in the UMS is because it deloads the lower back, it deloads the core muscles, and it allows you to put the weight into your arm so that your yeah. uh, your, your um, erector yeah. spinae doesn't have to take that load. So very quickly before we move on, let's, um, let's uh, wrap up, summarize for Michael here. Um, first and foremost, Michael, what I'll say is there is absolutely hope for you. You've even built context at the end of your um, question here by saying you used to be this person. You need to start reframing that you still are that person. You've just had uh, a little bit of a, a hurdle to climb over and now it's all about, you know, just progressively taking yourself from where you are now to where you used to be and beyond. Um, and just it starts in the mind. It starts in the mindset, the psychology, the way that you talk about yourself, the way that you frame your exercise, your issues. Um, and I would just say my biggest piece of feedback, you know, if you if you are really this apprehensive, align yourself with someone who can help. Get a guide. You know, um, hit fill up if you want to do an online session. Uh, or unless you're from America, unless you're from if America, he can't he, he can't do <laughs> he can't do physio. Uh, but you could still do exercise support, you know, couldn't you? Yeah, I'd have to look into that. But yeah, yeah, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or find a good physio where, where, wherever you're from who is going to help and they understand progressive overload and exercise selection. Uh, and yeah, like just, just get stuck into it. You know, if you've been bedridden for five years, it's going to take you a little while and just embrace the journey. Yeah, know? exactly. Don't look short term, look long term. Where can you be in five years from now? You know, you can be a completely new person. Yeah, and, and like, I think watching, you know, being part of the UMS uh, crowd and seeing all the amazing stuff that people, you know, like, like Rad are doing or some of the members in the gym who are, you know, busting out amazing middle splits, like it, it you can kind of get that feeling like, oh, you know, I want to be doing that right away. But I like kind of the analogy of, you know, take the stairs, like don't jump in the elevator and expect to get to the top floor and, you know, zero seconds flat, yeah. like take the stairs and each of those steps is a progression towards yeah. that um, and a, a progression that's appropriate. You get comfortable and you slowly build up and you won't just, yeah. um, you know, overload. Dial, your, your dial the, so. the three foundation principles before you go for the two mastery principles, which we talk about a lot, which is getting a really nice habit of exercise built again. And it should be five, six or seven days. It doesn't have to be seven days in the gym, but it should be seven days of movement, of activity. You should be uh, doing some sort of physical activity every day uh, and uh, then dial in your nutrition to support that physical activity so you're actually fueling your body properly you're not just eating for satisfaction and then also make sure that you've you've set your burning desire and your goals so you're really crystal clear on the direction that you're going in if you don't have those three principles don't try and master movement. Don't try and build a, a, an award-winning gold medal physique. Just get the foundation principles right first. That's my biggest feedback for everybody. Uh, the, the last two, movement mastery, breaking world records in your powerlifting or your bodybuilding physique, they'll come as a result of those first three. Um, we've got a, a little bit of interaction here, a couple of qu yeah, great questions that have come in. Let's finish up there. Um, 
Starting with Aiden Potts, I'll throw this one to you, Rad. Hey, guys, can you guys talk about banded mobilisation and why it works? I've seen progress in my ankles when doing banded distractions, and it feels like I unlock a new range and I am actually able to push calf stretches further and feel them more directly than I was before. I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know it? what a banded distraction is. Yeah, basically, um, it's a pretty popular thing with um, ankles especially to do that kind of wrap your, uh, kind of lock your... Um, the front of your foot down and then be able to like work into oh, um, yep, 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 into yep. Um, movements to, to work on mobility. Um, and basically the reason why they work is with when you think about any joint, if the joint surfaces are further away, then you're going to have more room for that joint to move. And if the joint surfaces are closer together, especially in the, um, in the uh, uh, ankle joint, um, basically that you're going to be able to push it a bit further so the reason is basically you're just giving yourself a bit more room to move so um, it's, it's tractioning the ankle yeah part. it's just yeah, yeah. does it have um lasting effects or no is it sh- no no it's one of those term. that's what that's, i was just about to say so my, my understanding of these things are that they're I'm, I'm doing little finger quotations in the air here for those people on the podcast um th- they're like party tricks almost aren't they like well they it, yeah i think like it's one of those things where it hasn't got like proven long-term, you know, massive effects, but it, you know, it, it can be uh, for people who are particularly, um, you know, stiff through an ankle joint. Uh, we know that, you know, motion is lotion and you're getting, yeah. basically getting the things moving is generally helpful unless you take it to absolute extremes. But mm-hmm. um, the, so the, 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 the most effective ways that I've found to increase ankle dorsiflexion is um, a simple calf stretch with your foot up against the wall, which is a very slow process, but, but the calves are, you know, tight calves can affect ankle dorsiflexion. But then the other is um, really deep split squats. Deep split squats and deep Cossack squats are really, really good, which is and basically just loading up and taking the joint through its full range of motion. And what you're doing there with the standing up, I guess you're going straight leg there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. straight so leg. Yeah. W- by doing both of those, you're getting a straight leg and a bent leg calf stretch, which is really right. important because you've got uh, your gastrox and your soleus, soleus which yeah. um, you know, you're My understanding of in- elongating calves is that you have to load them. They, yeah. ha- they have to be loaded. Yeah, yeah. They don't take to gentle stretching very well. Yeah. Um, when I've done stuff with, um, you know, Charles Pollock and Tony Bataji, they use machines and load the crap out of them and really push them into um, dorsiflexion. Yep. Yeah, and uh, going kind of like eccentrics into that sort of position, yeah. which, you know. Cossack we- squats and split squats, loaded Cossack squats and split squats are amazing. And um, otherwise, um, you know, that... that uh, drill that we do for some people where you load up a barber with like 50 kilos and put it above your knees and just go down into a deep squat and just allow yeah, it to yeah. push you into the position. And then also when we think about trying to mobilize into any uh, particular direction, obviously there's going to be the muscles uh, that are restricting that movement, but then we can also strengthen the muscles that pull into that movement. And uh, this is a, a Richie favorite where he, um, he slams his dorsiflexes by standing yep. off the edge of a step and lifting the toes up. So always think that, you know, there are ways that you can um, you know, help pull your body into that position if you need it. Um, but again, I think like just kind of get quite clear about why you're trying to um, progress with ang- like what you're trying to hit. Like, is it about getting to um, the bottom of the squat? And often, if if so, if if it is, then um, thinking actually about where you're putting the weight through your feet and how far back you're going with the heels will often um, you know get you most of the way there. Often, it's not particularly for someone like you, Aiden, who's you know quite a fit. Um, you know, strong and flexible guy, like often it's sort of a technique thing rather than a, um, you know, a mobility thing in my, in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, Really look at like sitting your your hips back, um, pushing through your heels and um, yeah, balancing out your squat a little bit. 
Cool. And uh, um, yeah, we've got someone. Uh, is it Scott West? Scott West. Well, the one just below it because he's um, it's Jesus or Jesus. Uh, Jesus um, has yep. got the same question as Aiden. Um, can and he says, can ankle dorsiflexion only be improved using bands? No, no, as yeah, we've just gone through. Right. Um, and you've also got a question about there about FAI, um, which we, was one of the questions we were hoping to get to if we had the time. Um, but do we want to go deep into that now? It might be a bit challenging. No, not deep but basically, if it, when, when thinking about FAI, it's similar to what we were just talking about there with the ankle. With like, um, it's an issue of closing down the space, usually at the front of the hip joint. Um, and this comes from often with people who have been very active throughout their whole lives and their bones have adapted to that activity and have closed down the, the space a little bit. But you can uh, strengthen the muscles around your hip joint, really work on the um, external rotators of uh, the hip joint, which act as like the rotator cuff for your hip, which um, basically, same with the shoulder, will help center the ball in the middle of the socket. Um, and that will help you um, be able to control that movement and, and be stronger throughout. Same thing with the squats on this one as well. Often it's um, an issue with people who are um, really going into, um, you know, deep ranges, deep sort of hip bend. And if you can, um, and putting weight through the toes and that's like loads up the front of the hip joint there. Again, so putting the weight to the heels, sitting back more into it and maybe just going slightly less range, uh, you should be able to load up pretty happily. Yep. Why don't we, before we finish, um, why don't we talk about the big discussion point that we wanted to talk about today, which we didn't, which was the idea of too much in too, too short, short of a time. We haven't actually spoken about well, that Well, that's yet. the theme for the whole week. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. so we've got plenty of time. We've got Monday, right. Tuesday, Tuesday. So we're going to be, Thursday like today, Friday. guys, uh, so we'll answer Scott West's question before yeah. we finish as well then. But just so that all of you know, we're going to be talking this whole week about programming and how to structure your program. And uh, the, the theme for this week is that less is more. And what people are getting wrong is people are trying to fit too much into a week or in, even into a day uh, and not understanding yeah. how I think what we have works. talked about today does, does fit that where, um, you know, it's, it's about finding where you are on your, on like which step you're on in your, mm -hmm. in your journey up there yeah. and like spending the time on each step. It's not yeah. jumping in and like trying to do everything at once. It's, yeah. it's find your, your spot and work yeah. your way up. So and, I, I and I remember being somebody that was overwhelmed. I remember, it was only a few years ago. I remember when you, you do some research and you look at all the information, you come up with your goals and there just seems so much to do and you think, how do I do all of this? But the, all the information out there and so if you even just and, consider and this group, nature you want something new fun yeah, exciting yeah. shiny like it's you know yeah. you but if, if you even just consider this group and our programs there's so many programs out there and there's so much information it's not all designed to be done at once yeah. it's not how it works we've we've worked hard to create a path from absolute beginner to movement mastery for people to take and there's a hell of a lot of steps on that way and they're not all meant to be yeah. and people are going to take it at different paces people yep. are going to be starting at different points so yep. that's right. a tricky one Scott West has said for Phil I have a very straight thoracic spine and a hyper curved lower back am I able to get the right curves in with work I think people get too locked um, too kind of zoned in on what things should look like and what you know, some, you know, ideal perfect sym symmetrical body is um, there's been a lot of research into this where basically like all those you know those um uh, external MRIs where they like get you in front of a camera and they like have different angles for different parts of your joints and what it should be like really none of that uh, means much because it doesn't actually show how, how you move so um, with someone uh, like this with you know 
if you're hypercurved, I'm guessing you're meaning lordotic in the, the lower back, it's just something to be really aware of when you're, say, doing like a military press. Try and just be quite nice and active through your abs. Like, um, try and get, to, you know, tend towards that neutral spine. But if you're not looking exactly like your neutral spine, it's not, um, doesn't mean you'll necessarily like you're any worse off uh in terms of working on your thoracic extension um uh definitely all the like the spinal wave mobilization stuff is going to be awesome um and when you're doing sort of thoracic extension work over the um over a foam roller um that's where i'd really make sure like you see some of the people doing it and they just kind of end up doing like a full back bend over it yeah. so if you're uh already like fairly heavy on extension in your lower back that's gonna be where all that movement's coming from so that's where you can do a real strong pelvic um posterior pelvic tilt activate the abs and then um lean back from there is a nice way of doing it and adding in um like adding in rotation inside flexion um working through uh like basically some combined movements so uh yeah my take on that is you can absolutely alter the uh angles and positions and mobility of your spine i've done it myself Uh, i'm pretty sure rad has i've got three words for you brother the spine mobility masterclass Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a brilliant program, and it's just a, a a collaboration of all the things that we've done to get our spines moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's coming from two guys who have had pretty severe spinal injuries. So um, check out that program. All right, guys, that's it for today's show. Uh, thank you very much for the interaction. Thanks for the questions. I hope that gives you a little bit of um, help, Michael. Um, you got this brother this week we're going deep on programming as Rad said guys and we're going to really talk about how to put it together to achieve what you're hoping to achieve in the gym Dave Lambert I'm going to give you a call in two minutes mate I'm sorry I haven't called you for so long and you've been uh, asking for a chat so I'll call you now speak soon guys see you tomorrow it's about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.